You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Earth Station One. This time we are back and we are got a new movie to talk about. That's right, the next Marvel Cinema Classic to be gracing us. And we had to actually go to the movies to go see this one. We are talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This is going to be a fun one to talk about it. So, Mikey, we got you here tonight. We survived Dragon Con. So we've got a lot to talk about. How are you, my friend? I'm exhausted, but I still have enough energy to say howdy you after Dragon Con. You loved it at the panel we did, and I made everyone say howdy to you in the room. Well, that's at all the panels I did. I was trying to get people to say howdy back, and I don't know. I think everybody was just out of practice because they hadn't been to a con and hadn't seen me in over a year and a half, so they didn't really know what to do. So uh, They were looking know. confused, but I was egging them on, so it was good. Yeah, yeah. Some assistance is always uh, assistance is always helpful. So thank you. Oh, dude, anytime. It was Dragon Con was an interesting beast, and we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. But you know, we definitely would love to hear from you guys. And did you guys go to Dragon Con? Did you survive? Did you watch any of the videos online or any of the virtual stuff? There's a ton of virtual stuff out there from the con and videos and pictures that people have been posting. So there's definitely stuff to do and we want to hear from you about it. Please write us feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you. Also a big shout out to our patrons. Want to say thank you for everything. We had a few of our patrons come up to us at uh, Dragon Con and actually, you know, you know, ask, you know, how we are doing at the con thing. And we thanked them uh, immensely, you know, immensely about, you know, for being our patrons and it's wonderful when you guys do that and it's great meeting you guys in person which is even more fun and you know we got you know a couple of people walked up and said i'm a dollar donator i'm a ten dollar person i'm a five dollar person and one or two of them said you know i'm a 15 so it's awesome that you know people are supporting the eso patreon and us who are proud members of the eso network we take advantage and try to give back to you guys. And as that way of doing that, that we give them little gifts, we send them ESO window stickers, or we give you exclusive material like the new episode of ESO Board Silly, which is coming to you guys in a few weeks. So you should be able to hear that. I'm sure we're going to talk about Dragon Con and that. I almost, you know, guarantee it. And we uh, just have a lot to, you know, talk about with on different shows and stuff. And as a member of our Patreon we just want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And, you know, you too can help become a patron of the ESO Network for as little as a dollar a month. That's right. For as little as a dollar. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. It's pretty easy, folks. Also, a big shout out to Tofosi Optical. I wore my Tofosi Optical sunglasses a couple times at Dragon Con this past weekend. And you know what? It was very cool because the weather was great here in Atlanta for the con. One of the best wild weather weekends we've had actually for Dragon Con in quite a few years. So it was nice to be able to hang out with my sunglasses 
And people were asking, hey, those are cool. Where'd you get those? And I said, Tifosi Optics. And so, yes, you too could get a cool pair of sunglasses. You could pick the lenses out. You could pick the colors of the frames. You could, you know, pretty much even get prescriptions in them if you needed. It's pretty darn awesome. Our friends at Tifosi Optical are that flexible. Check them out, tifosioptical.com. If you put a coupon code of EarthStation1 into the coupon code, you get 10% off your order. That's right, folks, 10% off your order. Just not not just one pair of glasses like some places. Your friends at Tifosi Optical is taking care of you. Check them out at tifosioptics.com. All right, as we said earlier, Mike and I survived Dragon Con. And, God, we're less than 24 hours pretty much from Dragon Con right now. And, wow. <laughs> it was, you know, for... Not a busy weekend, like crowd-wise and such. It still was very active, still a ton of things going on, and it was a blast. Um, and I know Mike was busy with between the panels he was doing, and then he had his table in the vendor hall, art slash artist alley, and it was pretty awesome to be able to see friends. It was just a really good time, and, you know, it was neat. And thank you to the folks, first off, at DragonCon for what I felt like was a fairly safe event. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, certainly I think they did everything that they could do and more to uh, provide as much safety as possible under the circumstances. So um, and uh, and for the most part, I would say nearly everybody that I saw was complying and in a fun, creative way. They weren't, uh, or just not being jerks about it, you know? I mean, it did prove to be somewhat difficult, you know, especially uh, on panels where, um, you know, we're, we're wearing, we're all wearing face masks. So we have to, we have to try a little harder to project into the microphones and whatnot to make sure that uh, people can understand us. Um, It's amazing. Once you take the mouth away, like, to be able to see that, like, um, you know, sometimes it's just hard to understand people. Uh, I don't think we understand, like, how, how much lip reading we really do in real life um, on a regular basis. But, um, and same way on the on the uh, uh, Artist Alley floor, where it's pretty noisy sometimes, and uh, people would come up to the table, and I have to ask them to repeat themselves a couple times, because they would uh, be a little bit more muffled than, of course, usual. So, um, but... Um, look, I mean, it was, it was weird. It was the first big event that I've been to in well over a year and a half, uh, since March of last year. Um, and, uh, it was a bit overwhelming, um, at times. Um, and at times I, I got pretty emotional for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but I think the main one was that I was just really, really happy to be there. Um, uh, if I ever thought to myself, you know, maybe I'm getting, as I, I, you know, I've done 27 of them. Maybe, maybe Dragon Con is not really like, maybe it doesn't feel the same or it's not as special to me or whatever. It's not true without having an actual live action, uh, live event last year. Uh, I could tell this year how much I missed it and how much I, I really, it feels like home. Oh, very much so. It's, one of the things that Dragon Con has always felt like the, from the very first time I walked in to the con, it's like I found my people. And it was the same way this year. It was, in some ways, it felt very muted or it felt back almost like a step back in time from crowd wise because 
Um, I know they came out with the official numbers uh, today, and they actually said there was only 42,000 people at the show. Which is pretty much what they projected. I think they said they'd cap it at about half, and we don't know what that exact number was, but I guess we can guess that it was probably around 40, 50, uh, 40, 45, 50,000. Um, because the previous, you know, two years ago, they had, uh, what, 80, 85,000 people. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Um, and I'll tell you what, you're right. It was kind of easier to get around. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, um, it was still pretty congested in some areas. <laughs> and it oh, still felt definitely. like there was a lot of people there in, in a lot of ways. I'm like, I'm like yeah, but, uh, you know, I know that it feels like, you know, Dragon Con light, but uh, it's still a lot of people. No, exactly. There, It did feel like there was a lot of people. And there were times when it felt like, you know, depending, like, especially, you know, the Marriott is always packed, especially in the upper level. But Friday night didn't feel as intense because I went, I, I, all honesty, I did not go out taking pictures. I maybe took 40 pictures the whole weekend. And, you know, Friday felt like, you know, like a Thursday and Saturday wasn't even that crowded. But, you know, and then Sunday, a little bit more people up there because people were like, this is the last night. And by Monday, it felt like a ghost town. And so it was it was interesting. Um, there was no backups or crowds trying to get into the sky bridges. There was no, you know, getting into the... I know there were lines getting into the vendor hall, but that's normal. Uh, and, you know, it was... But overall, getting to my panels, even getting on Saturday morning, which is usually packed to try to get through past the parade crowd, there was hardly anything. I was there was maybe like lot, like one person deep in a lot of the areas for the parade to watch it and it was it was felt like literally it felt like 2005 with that cuz that's how it was when William and I went the very first time we just went 15 minutes before the parade started and was able to stand right across from the Hyatt and right on the curb there and there were not people behind us and stuff it was pretty amazing Usually, um, Dragon Con, I always, you know, sort of joke or whatever that uh, I have to divide myself into three people. Um, I have to divide myself, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan, so I like to run around and, and see celebrities or whatever, meet celebrities and uh, meet uh, other inspiring folks, as well as uh, do some shopping and get some fun stuff and meet creators and that kind of thing. There's that part of me. Uh, there's, of course, the, uh, you know, uh, comic publisher and writer in me that has to man the table and make sure that the sales are there and all that kind of stuff. And then there's the podcaster panelist to me who does all the panels and everything like that. And going into this convention, I thought that the uh, that the panelist podcaster would be the one really with so much to do. I, they put me on 10 panels, uh, live action panels. We were also on two virtual panels uh, that uh, aired. Uh, on dctv which are still available so you can for a whopping ten dollars you can you can check out our our virtual panels at dragon con oh yeah and uh, they're good for a year so it's pretty awesome well i think our the, the uh subscription runs out in june okay uh so almost a year mistaken. folks almost a year so um because they're switching over to a different system or something i don't know and anyway um but what i was really surprised by and and uh was the the sales i, I actually 
Um, I was kind of surprised on Monday when I did my final tally. Uh, this is the best selling show I've had in five years. Dude, you're not the only one who said that. It's been pretty amazing. I think everyone I've talked to said this has been the best Dragon Con for sales and such that they've had in years. It, it's crazy. I mean, less people, um, uh, you know, I don't understand it, but, uh, and I didn't have anything really particularly new. Uh, the pins that I had ordered to be in, in to debut at Dragon Con uh, arrived yesterday. Um, actually, I'm sorry, they arrived today. <laughs> so, hey, so, oops, not bad. can't can't use them. Uh, um, and uh, I didn't, you know, my books are under production, hence the Kickstarter still going on and whatnot. So, I didn't really have uh, that uh, much uh, on the table that people hadn't seen before. But there were a lot of new customers. A lot of people who wanted to check it out uh, based on panels I did and other things. And uh, it was really fun. I would say that the uh, fanboy in me that does the Dragon Con, that part of me was probably the one that was least appeared at Dragon Con. Because really, if I didn't have to be at my table or if I didn't have to be at a panel, much like you, Mike, I was in my room. I didn't want to, I couldn't justify going out and just just for the heck of it just because i just didn't want to put myself in that position Mm-mm. and i don't didn't want to put judy in that position either right. or, yeah i didn't want to come home and say hey michelle i brought you some covid yeah exactly i didn't want to take the chances <laughs> and yeah we went to restaurants but we made sure we did almost like sit down places or you know and we're, we're where they we were protected or such that you know we weren't like on top of other people and you know and it was awesome you know like we went to metro cafe i think on friday for lunch and when we were there we were on one of those little terraces and we were the only people out that in that little section and so and i noticed like even at the food court and stuff not all the tables were full that there was definitely room to you know be able to get food, you know get food and lines were not horrible at all so hopefully, you know, at least some of these restaurants were able to make money off of it and everything. Yeah, those that were open, there were a lot that weren't open, and um, some favorite some favorites anymore. were gone too. That's exactly yeah. what I was about to say. The uh, the pizza place was I was really craving pizza on Sunday night, and that that line was way too long. It was out the door, and I was like, I'm not doing that. So uh, I had to make do with something else. But that was the only issue I had food wise. I did eat in the food court a couple times just because it was. Like you said, it was enough space. So I felt like I'll just sit here by myself and eat and uh, then go back to my room instead of, you know, lugging it all the way to my room and it being a little cooler or whatever. So, um, yeah, uh, I even ordered room service one night. So that was pretty wild. Ooh, of me. That was about, that's about as wild Mr. as Gordon. I got. That's about as wild as I got uh, one night. So, um, but look, um, you know, um, it's amazing that this event happened. I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad I went. I'm glad a lot of other people went as well. Uh, I understand people who didn't, and I and I get that. And I respect it completely. We both do. A- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do understand that. And I'm not you know, saying that they should have gone or they whatever, um, because everybody has to make their own decision. And uh, um, I am just so thankful that the people who put on Dragon Con did it in such a way that it made it feel uh, made us feel as comfortable as possible. I thank my fellow attendees, the, our tribe for, for being cool about it and just working with it. 
Um, I thank the uh, track rooms, the track directors, all of them really, but in particular, the ones that uh, asked me to be on panels because, uh, you know, they're just awesome people. And, and uh, I, I'm honored every time I'm asked to appear in front of other people. Um, and uh, I thank everybody who was part of the Tiki Pop panel. That's something that's near and dear to my heart every year. We had the sixth annual one this year and it was great. Um, and uh, of course, uh, everybody who, um, you know, spent some money in Artist Alley, um, especially at my table, um, I, I, I'm honored that people spent, you know, their hard-earned, I'm always honored when people spend their hard-earned money on something I did. So uh, to see that many people come out and, and do that, and I wasn't even, that's the weird thing about it is I wasn't even at my table a lot on Saturday and Sunday because I had a lot of panels to do. So uh, I, I would, despite that, I still did okay. And, um, uh, I really thank everybody for, for coming out and doing that. I think it was, uh, uh, just a excellent effort and a, and a great event for everybody. Um, and, uh, I hope, I hope, I hope that, uh, next year when Dragon Con rolls around that, uh, we're all not dealing with a, a big, you know, COVID cloud overhead. No, it would be nice to get back to whatever new normal is going to be. And like Mike said, a huge thank you to the folks who run Dragon Con for the security, for the track directors, for the all the volunteers. Oh, Those, the volunteers. Yeah, the volunteers were great. And I feel sorry for anybody who was working the registration line that oh, Thursday and Friday. Thursday, it was so 19, oh, not 19. <laughs> I'm going to say 2005 or 2006. I mean, it I literally, people were waiting for hours. Oh, Rosalind Faulkner, our friend, had to wait three hours to pick up yeah. her badge. And there was just some massive. That's no joke, man. And people overall were really cool about it. Yeah. I heard, you know, there were some jagoffs, you know, but that's expected. It's always, there's 40,000 people, folks. There's always going to be a couple in there. And, you know, people overall were wearing their masks. People were, you know, respecting people's distance. And, you know, the one thing I did notice is I think over the last year and a half, people forgot manners and had no problem cutting or bumping into people or, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, it's just like, excuse me, you know, and, you know, I bumped, I bumped into somebody and I said, Oh, I'm sorry. The person turned to me and said, thank you for saying that. <laughs> so yeah, I also noticed that a couple of people like forgot rules, like don't stand in front of the escalator or don't take pictures in the habit trails or whatever. I'm like, Look, I mean, we still, I know it's been a year, two years since we were here in person, but come on, man, you guys have to be able to do this stuff, but they're just uh, not listeners right. was, to the dragon con report, Mike. That's all. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, speaking of which, um, you know, uh, Mike and I talked a little bit about it now on, a, on this podcast, but if you want to hear all the real stories, oh, yeah. uh, like some really you know cool stories and, and our top five costumes that, uh, we saw, um, you definitely have to check in to our last Dragon Con report that we are uh, issuing out at the end of this month. So um, uh, Jen and Darren will join us and we will all talk all about all the fun, all the stories we have. Look, the stories that I have are not going to be anything compared to what uh, I'm sure Darren and, and Jen have to give us. But um, 
but please do tune in for that. Um, and we're also going to have some special guests on and on with us to talk about their experiences as well. So there's one more Dragon Con report coming out um, at the end of this month. So check it out. Even if you didn't go to Dragon Con, check it out because you're going to hear even more about what it was like. Oh, yeah, very much so. It's going to be a ton of fun. All right. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Feedback at EarthStation1.com. Let us know your experiences. We definitely would love to hear about it. Let's take a quick break, and we are going to be back with a movie review. Finally. Hey, everybody. Michelle here with an iconic Rock Talk Show moment. And I thought this week I would update you on a couple of news stories that I'd mentioned in previous weeks because I know that you are sitting there right now thinking to yourself, Whatever happened with that lawsuit between John Lydon and the rest of the surviving Sex Pistols? I've got to know. Well, what happened was that the court upheld the band's uh, majority rule agreement amongst themselves and against John Lydon, so original Sex Pistols music can and will indeed be used as part of Danny Boyle's biopic miniseries about the band that's going to be on FX next year and entitled Pistols. Sit down, John. And last week, uh, September 2nd, ABBA released two new songs called I Still Have Faith in You and Don't Shut Me Down. And for the second time in global history, kicked off worldwide ABBA mania. Everybody has lost their minds. Uh, Pre-sales for the upcoming album, which will be out on November 5th, have already topped 80,000 and making it the biggest uh, pre-sales order in Universal UK's history. Uh, The album, Voyage, will be out November 5th. It'll have eight new songs total, including ABBA's first Christmas song. How did they not have a Christmas song before this? Uh, The band also revealed the uh, details for their concert experience with the digital they're saying it is not a hologram the digital avatars in concert uh, it will also involve a 10-piece live band at a purpose-built 3,000 capacity ABBA arena uh, in London's uh, Olympic Park neighborhood uh, the run of shows I'm not sure when it ends but it starts in May and people are snapping tickets up like crazy uh, if you watch the video for I still have faith in you you can see um, examples of the avatars in action. And there's also a, a behind-the-scenes video on YouTube uh, showing how it was done for all you tech heads out there. So that has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment for this week. We will catch you next time. Do you know how fast you were going? Uh, sorry, officer. Uh, one episode every two weeks? Two weeks! Did you also know you're carrying a dangerously heavy load? Yes, sir, we do. We've got interviews, fight nights, film discussions, Desert Island DVDs, and lots more. I think we've got to take you down to the station. You do not have to write anything, but it may harm the Cosmic Pizza podcast if you do not mention when questioned something you later wanted in the promo or feedbacks. Anything you do say may be used in said feedback. Cosmic Pizza podcast is not about the cosmos or about pizza. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. Don't 
You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. Glad I was right. You're just a criminal who murders people. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. Welcome back to Earth Station One. The folks at Marvel have done it again. Another masterpiece, you might want to say. I'm very curious to see what the folks here think about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Take it away, Mr. Mike. Yes, and of course, uh, well, we went back to the theater. We had to go back to the theater to see this. That was the only option. The only way to see Shang-Chi was to, on the big screen, was to go to see where the big screens are. Um, and, uh, of course, we have uh, our movie crew here, at least one half of the movie crew. Ashley Pauls is here with us. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Howdy. And uh, we also have with us, joining us uh, in the guest spot, is Will Nix. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the station, sir. How you been? I, I love it, man. Glad to be talking good movies again. So, Yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've already played out our cards, saying that how much we like this movie already uh, in a lot of ways. But... Uh, before we get to our overall impressions of the movie, now normally this is where I introduce Alex and we talk about the box office. So since Alex isn't here, um, I will say that uh, all the reports thus far uh, are very positive for saying Chi. It's and done really, really good, folks. Yes, it's, ninety-three uh, million. Woo. Yeah, it's grossed ninety, almost ninety-five million dollars in, in North America, and uh, fifty-six point two million dollars in other territories tories worldwide total of 150.9 million and i think it still has a lot of places it's not open yet i mean when this goes completely worldwide i think it's gonna i think it's gonna just go bonkers uh out there um so um you know for those folks that were thinking this is going to be a lesser of the marvel movies um you know it's not it doesn't have any of the like you know no robert downey jr no Spider-Man, none of the like sexy aspects, none of the Chris's, right? Not a Chris. There's not one. This might be the first Marvel movie without a Chris. So yeah, this might be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have to check on that, but I, I think uh, I think you might be right. Uh, I think you might be right. Um, it's Iron Man anyway. So <laughs> so I think there was con- some concern, and plus 
this is really, I mean, Black Widow was officially, I think, the start of the next phase, right? Um, But this is really, like, the start of the next phase of what we're going to get with Marvel, right? So, um, so Ashley, let's start with you as usual. Um, what were your feelings going into this movie? And overall, what, what did you think coming out of it? Well, I've been really hyped for phase four ever since Marvel announced this upcoming slate of movies. As much as I enjoyed the Infinity Saga and Infinity War and Endgame were great, I really hope that going forward, Marvel was going to start dipping into new things. I was really excited. It looked like the lineup was going to feature more magic, multiverse, get into kind of some of the more weird and wacky corners of the MCU. So I didn't really know much about Shang-Chi as a character, but the trailers looked really good, and I was really looking forward to this movie, but I was blown away by just how much I love this movie. Not only is it one of my favorite Marvel movies ever, it's definitely in my top five, possibly in my top three. I've seen it two times so far. Wow. I already can't wait to see it again. I feel like wow. just everything about this movie was a home run for me, so I am super hyped to talk more about it tonight. Yes, yes, good, good. I'm good to, glad to hear that. That is impressive, and that's, I mean, I mean, under normal circumstances, that's saying a lot. But compared to like, you know, the 10 years that we've already had of Marvel movies, great Marvel movies, for this to already be so high up on your list is like to push everything else down, the push all those Chris's out of the way. I know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> my top, I feel like my top three, top five has been pretty solid for a while. But this one, I just really connected with it. And I'm really excited about just how good of a job it did introducing this character and also what the implications are for the larger MCU. I think there's some really exciting plot twists and changes coming ahead. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk more about that, but um, before we get to you, Will, um, one, one more question for you, Ashley, did you know about Shang-Chi as a comic character at all? Had you know anything about Shang-Chi? No, I knew pretty much nothing. So it was really fun to come in and just get to know that character in his origin stories. And I understand there were some changes made to the original comics. But yeah, I very big time. I'm a really big fan of the character now, and I can't wait to see him uh, line up with future Avengers like Captain Marvel and Hulk and whatever big bad they face next. He's uh, what looked like at first might be a, a just a little Marvel movie uh, really has huge implications, I think, going forward uh, with this character. Uh, Will, what about you? What were your expectations going in? Did, were you familiar with the character? And what did you feel like overall coming out? Somewhat familiar with the character. Um, always a side character in comics I read. No, so I had to go look him up, things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Found one interesting article about the character before the movie came out, and it was he's considered one of the biggest jerks in, in Marvel comics because he's, he's just the arrogant guy that, you know, he's just the way they play him up. But uh, my expectation of the film, I just don't think it was sold well. This movie is so not the trailer. It is so more, it's so much more than that. And so I'm like the trailer, I'm like, okay, this will be a little, you know, tribute martial arts film. Blah, blah. No, it's just this huge world. It's up there with Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy, titles you, you know, none of us were like 100% familiar with, but got to see them on, on screen. And it's like, okay, I love this universe. Thank you. Where has this been? Yeah, absolutely. And even though it was a, a different side of the MCU that we hadn't explored before, 
you can still see those MCU ties. It didn't feel completely alien from it. Like right, it right. didn't feel like it was on another planet. Right. It felt, I mean, there were definite things that have happened in the MCU over, over the course of those movies that we've seen that affected what the events in this movie. Definitely. And giving it such, I mean, I, again, expect, my expectations were really low. I hate to say it like that because, again, after seeing Black Widow and not being really super psyched about Phase Four because of I, I call it the you know the end game letdown. So <laughs> I mean, it's just the fact that you're just like I've done ten years of am I ready? And now I'm ready again. I'm ready to give ten more years to Marvel, and I'm renewed. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this next story our phase doesn't take place. Uh, right, right. Fails, doesn't take ten ten years. Although I don't know. I don't know what to think with the implications of I didn't think it was going to last this long. I didn't think it was going to last this long. And by the way, before we we go any further, because in case I haven't said it yet, but we are going to spoil this movie. So if you haven't seen uh, this movie, just stop now. Go see it and then come (laughs) back and and listen to us talk all about it. Um, Because, yeah, we are going to get into spoilers, including the, the very end of the movie, the climax, the third act, as well as the uh the two end credit scenes as well which people are still living in the theater i know it's been a while oh my gosh (laughs) even after the first one i'm like come on you you know that there's going to be something at the end right so and um, and the last one was really really important like there's some big story stuff going (laughs) on in that one yeah this wasn't just like that characters sitting around eating sandwiches, right? Like, yeah, it's not <laughs> Avengers. This is not Avengers. It's not Avengers. Um, no shawarma was in this film at all. <laughs> no shawarma was uh, armed in the making of this event. You know, so. after, after the movie was over, uh, and finally over, and then we saw the last uh, end credit scene, um, you know, it, it went dark. They showed the Marvel logo, and it went dark, whatever. Lights came up, and we started leaving. And in the front of me, in the row bef- in front of me, uh, two people... Uh, 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 turned to a woman and said, thank you for making us stay to the end. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they were about to leave. And I think the person was like, don't leave yet. Uh, so uh, they were they were happy about that. Oh so, my yes, God, it still bugs me how people actually still leave before the end of the credits. It's, uh, yeah, with the, if it has the Marvel logo on it, yeah, don't, don't go home. Yeah, don't go anywhere. Until, until they kick you out. Until the cleaners show up. Uh, so, uh, Mike, what about you? What were your thoughts going in? And now I know you're pretty familiar with Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah. Very much so. I read it back in the late 70s and read the original runs because I just thought, A, it was really cool for having an Asian superhero, but B, the art was so fantastic back then. And so I was really familiar with it. And yes, they did change his origin quite a bit um, because, you know, he he was the child of what? Of what was it? Fing was it? Fu Fu Manchu. Manchu. Yeah. Fu Manchu. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just like, and they couldn't do that for this. Going in, I knew it had ties to the first Iron Man movie. I knew it had ties to the third Iron Man movie, and just what I saw in the trailers. And I was very curious to see. how they were going to do it. And I loved seeing that it was almost a fully whole Asian cast. That was really amazing for this. And that was one of the great things for it that I, I loved. I really, really loved. I, uh, I don't think I got into the character in comics until later. Um, when, um, I think, uh, is it Doug Mensch? was working on the book 
uh, with his art style. Um, and uh, I can't remember who was writing it at the time, but it was really cool. And it had that sort of, it had that sort of, you know, uh, Hong Kong action feel, but in comic form. Um, which I thought they they really did pretty well, and it had this epic quality to it. By that time, Marvel had um, they don't they didn't have the rights to the name Fu Manchu anymore because Fu Manchu was actually a character created by uh, Sax Romer that that went on for a bunch of novels, a series of novels, and uh, um, and a really bad movie starring um, Peter, uh, Sellers. Peter Sellers, um, but <laughs> which I saw in the theater. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Um, so yeah, I, I knew that Fu Manchu wasn't going to be in this and obviously, uh, you know, all the political incorrectness, uh, that goes along with that character. Uh, it was good to see, I knew that they would change it around and I think, uh, they changed at least that aspect of it around, uh, in a pretty amazing way. And they really kept, they really kept the dynamic, um, the story there because what I knew about, um, Shang-Chi was that he was a, uh, a skilled martial artist uh, who um, whose father wanted him to inherit the the family business of uh, being evil <laughs> as you do and uh, and he didn 't want to so um, and he was fighting against that and uh, and this in, in such a amazingly personal way tells that story despite the i mean it 's epic it 's epic in scope the third act is like bigger than you could possibly imagine in some ways um and and yet it's a very personal story um and i i really appreciate that that's what kind of surprised me i didn't expect the i mean i should know by now that marvel's not going to phone it in right but um but i'm i'm constantly amazed that they're still able to tell their stories in in a similar way and yet and go a little bit deeper and and i oh. have to give uh the, the the writers credit for that as well as um uh uh, the director, I think, uh, director um, Dust, Dustin Creighton, right? Right. So, I, do you want to put out the disclaimer now yet, Mike? Oh yeah, yeah. I probably haven't said the disclaimer yet, so probably yeah, I should. So, uh, look, I I am not an expert in 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 languages, and uh, and I, I, I even with uh, English names, I sometimes have a habit of butchering them. And so uh, throughout this uh, review, throughout this discussion uh, with some of these uh, character names, as well as uh, cast and crew, I may butcher someone's name. And uh, for that, um, please forgive. Um, if you want to you know, send us a letter and correct me, please feel free to do so because uh, I want to be better about this. But um, I certainly don't mean any disrespect, uh, especially for these people who worked on this movie because they were all pretty incredible so uh so I, that going that being said uh so i may pause a couple times if i come to someone's name uh but certainly uh i don't mean any disrespect by it i hope that covers it but um you know like i said if if not just uh send me an email and let me know what i'm doing wrong and 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 i will uh course correct as as needed so um all right so let's talk about you know we loved it positive things ashley you really loved it what is like can you can you narrow down like a, a, one of the major aspects that you liked about this movie yeah well i think um it's exactly what you said just a little bit ago that it is both epic and personal i mean i loved seeing this whole entire magical world created with all these fantastical creatures 
And just the cinematography is gorgeous. Just the colors and the beautiful plants and just unlike any other thing else we've ever seen in the MCU before in great battle sequences. I loved the martial arts inspired action and the way the camera filmed it was just amazing. The soundtrack was great, but also this is, they did a really good job making this a personal story and really it comes down to this broken family and them trying to come back together. And then the kids eventually having to stand up to their father when they realize he's wrong. But I really appreciated what a nuanced villain their father was because it would have been easy to just have him be a power mad tyrant, but he is a guy who's capable of love and wants to protect his family that just gets twisted And uh, I also was really moved by the tragedy of seeing the mother die. Like, that's a pretty dark twist. I assume when they said their mother had died, I thought it was something like an illness. But the fact that she basically dies trying to defend her family, she's given up her powers at this point while the father's away, is just such a heartbreaking moment for all these characters and then seeing at the very end as the father is dying he passes the rings on to his son so there's just all these incredible family and heartfelt moments that I think really kick the film up to uh, an even higher level like the action is great but it's the character moments that really make this film good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you mentioned the soundtrack and I uh, I had to uh, laugh at one point because I was like oh wow the eagles are now part of the MCU like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, Will what about you what uh, what's something that an aspect of the movie that you appreciate I truly enjoyed the fact that they embraced mistakes of the past without apologizing like I love that monologue he gives about the name the Mandarin and just mm-hmm. and, the, and I thought that was perfect. I had no idea that Ben Kingsley was in this movie. No, I didn't nobody either. did either. I didn't, nobody, no, I didn't either. <laughs> I mean, what a what an amazing surprise! That I had was. seen yeah. the mini movie where he was taken by the real Mandarins yep. or the Ten Rings because he's not the Mandarin in this, right? And everything you just you know assumed he was, but. That was what was awesome. He's not an orange. He's not an orange chicken. No. Oh, my gosh. That was, I mean, again, just a way of say, wink and nod to the past, bringing back a villain, you know, this 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 concept of let's explain some other things. And I loved it. I just loved the way they handled it. I loved, again, I loved how they handled telling stories of the past. It wasn't just let's film a lot of backstory. It's We're, we're seeing it through the eyes of uh, Katie, Aquafina's character. And I love that. I love the fact that he is telling her this story, and and that puts the audience in the movie. So you know, her reactions are kind of some of ours. Like, really, you went with Sean? I mean, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, she is. She is great. Um, Mike, what about you? What's uh, what's an aspect of the movie that stood out for you? I just loved the mythos of this, the legend, uh, and the basically the beauty of this film. This film to me almost flowed like a, almost like the wind. And that's what was just wonderful about this. It wasn't, you know, sometimes it was, the wind was very violent, but sometimes the other times the wind was very smooth and very soothing. And it was just amazing. The storytelling, the cinematography was Mm -hmm. just beautiful. And it was just done so well. Yeah, we've seen tons of kung fu movies before in the past, you know, and it 
it was neat that it tied into the Marvel Universe and that it fit in and it didn't feel forced. It wasn't, no. it didn't feel like it was right. shoved down our throats. And that's what made it feel more natural to me. And that's what I loved about this film. Dude, I've been reviewing with movies with you for over 10 years now, and you probably said the most poetic thing in a review that you've ever said. You're like, the, the storytelling was like the wind. I was like, well, who am I talking to? Like, who is this guy? I feel like we just need to stop the podcast now. Like, it's that was the peak. Good night, everyone. This episode was brought to you by the fine folk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a winner. Um, I don't know. I had a Patrick uh, Swayze moment when I was doing that, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as you were saying that, I, I do agree. I mean, uh, because I, I like, you know, the epic Wuxia movies that came uh, that have come mm-hmm. out, uh, out, of, out of China, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, uh, there's just a bunch of them, uh, but that's probably the most well-known. Um, and this has that feel to it, for sure. It does. It, we- and, and I almost, sorry, I, well, um, but... Um, just to finish, like, as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know what? I could see this same movie, the same story being told quite excellently with shadow puppets. With Kabuki, like, with Kabuki theater. Like, I, I could just see that that's because that's how kind of authentic this feels um, as far as that goes. Um, but I'm sorry, Will, you were going to say? No, I, it's just that this movie, you talk about not feeling like it's forced down your throat. It's not feeling like anything. It just... It was, it's it's crouching tiger for the for Marvel. It's Marvel meets crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Because even I mean, of course Michelle Yeoh, but at the same time, just that beauty to it. Like we're treating the martial arts not as it's constantly combat. They fall in love during a martial arts fight. Father and son come together during a martial art. It's very that it just yeah. It handled it so well. And the humor. Can we just talk about the humor for a second? This movie was not <laughs> advertised as funny. And not one of the trailers that came up. This is gonna be a funny. But this was a darn good comedy on top of a good action movie yeah there's i mean aquafina and ben kingsley are they are pretty much for for laughs um and and they deliver it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like i've criticized some of the marvel movies for being a little too funny like they they, like they 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 cross the line they should cut out maybe like a third of the jokes like you know and i'm talking about you Take a TT. Yep. <laughs> I was, well, e- or either gar- that or Guardians of the Galaxy films, you know, a lot of. Them. I love both Guardians. I think that, I think James Gunn gets it, but I think uh, YTT like kind of overdoes it, um, at least in my mind. Uh, I but, didn't enjoy and, Thor Ragnarok as many, nearly as much as anyone else because of that reason. It's like, it's never serious. Even in the last Marvel movie that we saw, Black Widow, I kind of criticized. I thought some of the stuff, particularly with uh, Red Guardian at the, at the, yeah, in the middle and stuff was, was, was kind of over the top. But this one, there's, you're right. There's that nice balance. And uh, I appreciate that as well. But I think the big thing I came out of this uh, really, really just blew my mind was uh, Ashley kind of hinted at it when she said that um, uh, I don't think you you meant to imply this, but of course there is that implication that is there that reputation that the Marvel movies are good, but sometimes the villains are not really that great. They're like one dimensional at best, or they they find kind of fall flat. Like as good as that first Guardians movie is. Mm-hmm. Nobody really talks about, you know, the big bad in that one. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I was like, I can't even remember his name. Um, <laughs> but however, uh, you know, um, the, uh, the, the main, the, that character here, 
which I believe is when Wu, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, man, Tony Lung blew me away. I think I might've seen him in, uh, in another things here or there. I know that he was in, um, uh, an epic Chinese movie called the hero that I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really recall him as a, as a, a powerful actor. Um, and in this, I mean, I was just like, like to me, he made this movie. Uh, there are scenes where uh, you just see his face and his face. I don't know how he does it, but he, he, you can tell every, like there's so many emotions going on in his face that, you know, he's proud, he's happy, he's amused, he's, he's disgusted, he's angry, he's like all at once at times. And um, it's just really complicated and just really a, a stellar and amazing performance um, because it's not easy. I mean, the tale that's being told here, as Ashley pointed out, that's very personal um, and very intense. Like he's, he's, he's a bad guy but is he a bad guy you know like he's just wants to get his wife back you know um and he wants to get his family back together and he honestly believes that this is what he has to do in order to do that um and uh and you know with his point of view how can you argue with it like you know he's hearing her voice um nobody else can hear that but him and and what is he supposed to do ignore it um and uh and it just everything about that battle that he had with uh you know as you as you pointed out will the initial battle that he has with his future wife mm-hmm. and then the one that he has with his son are just they're not they they're not just fights there's so much going on in an emotional personal level uh that it's just outstanding i don't think i mean we've seen big fight sequences and blow ups and sure there's plenty of that this is full of great action sequences the bus sequence is amazing the sequence on on the side of the building that's the scaffolding yeah. <laughs> with yeah. the ba- was it bamboo scaffolding? bamboo bamboo <laughs> scaffolding yeah like who wants to get on bamboo like 25 floors up on a building not me um but uh and those are great spectacles uh even the dragons at the end they're great spectacles but it's those personal battles that um, I felt like just made the movie for me. I, I just was so impressed. And, and and with him in particular, I was like, I would. And then I looked him up and I was like, and he's like one of the top Asian actors of all time. You know, he's gotten all the awards over there. And I was like, I can see why, uh, you know, he's he deserves all of them. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not saying the movie doesn't work without him, but man, is he, you know, they took and they took, a you know, a complex uh, like a politically incorrect, complicated character, and they turned him into this, like just beautiful villain and figure that um, is, you know, they they we see with, I think they say with a, a villain is a hero in his own mind, and this is the perfect example of that. Um, and uh, I just it was it just blew me away. Uh, he was you know because all the other Shang Chi stories had been like, you know, this one dimensional evil. Mustache twirling guy, literally, so, and everything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I will tell you this: I geeked out so much during the bus fight scene when they uh-huh. finally had the guy with the with the sword with the razor arms. 
Uh-huh. Because he's directly from the comic book. I grew up for, with him. He actually, in the comics, he had both of his hands were, were razors. And, wow. And so. Razor fist? I don't know what he was called, but, you know, yes. I, I was yeah, a he's, kid. He's, yeah, he's razor, razor fist? Razor fist. He, yeah, razor yeah. fist. And, yeah. But that, he, it was painted on his car. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and, but, yeah, it was it was interesting, and I loved it. I loved everything about this. And I was like the whole th- movie. I was just like one geek out moment after another in this. And then when they had the fight club scene, which oh. was so fantastic, you actually even got to see one of the villains from Iron Man three fighting when the black widows in that scene. Yeah. I missed that. I saw I it. Too. I read about that afterwards. And it said like, you know, Jeju um, reprises her role in Black Widow as the Black Widow named Helen or whatever. And I was like, that, where does she appear in the movie? Yeah. Uh, I guess I was so dazzled by, by the uh, Abomination in that movie. Oh, then, <laughs> I was like, what? And then you got a more comic accurate Abomination. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which was awesome. Fighting Wang, which was, was even it was, awesome. It was, it, was, it was incredible, wasn't it? And then arguing with Wang. Yes. I mean, yeah. that was so great. It was just okay. Thank you for adding these elements. Also, the joke, I don't know if y'all caught it, but I, at least it's, it's like a Street Fighter joke. Did you see like the E Honda beating up the Ryu? Oh, God, yes. Okay, I thought that was awesome. I was like, thank you. <laughs> so. uh, that one went by me too. Um, no, I, I like the. For the video game lovers, it was awesome. It was. Uh, I like the appearances of Wong as well. Uh, I thought that was a nice tie in. Um, and on the one hand, it seemed obvious, but it wasn't done in an obvious way. No, right? Because uh, he certainly wasn't doing anything that we expected him to be doing in this no. movie. I wouldn't be in, expect to see him in a Fight Club at all. And and I like the on that front. I like the way that because in in the comics, Wong is just this like kind of servant. I mean, he's he's a trusted servant and he's a good he's guy. Kato. To, to strange, he's the, but he's, he's the Cato. Yeah, I mean, but this guy. I mean, in the MCU, I mean, he is a master of of the mystic arts, and he's even like you know doing things. He's he. I think he's almost like Strange the senior in a lot of ways. He's more like his advisor in a lot of ways than he is his servant. Uh, he doesn't just get him tea. And I think it made a lot of sense to have a character from Doctor Strange in this movie because you're dealing with magical artifacts and these type of powers yes. that's different. Like this is beyond kind of what like Nick Fury's original Avengers recruiting. So it made sense to have a representative from Doctor Strange. Go get Strange. Wong. Yeah. <laughs> Go yes. get Wong. We need someone. Because it, it, I, I find this interesting. I don't know if you, the first three phases of Marvel wanted to ignore magic. Not until we really get Doctor Strange does it even embrace magic. Phase four looks like it's magic on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all magic all the time. Well, yeah. yes and no. I mean, look, the way that the movie ends, and because we're talking about Wong, I think, and, and now that we brought up the magic thing, I think this is a perfect time to talk about that first end credit scene where Wong and Captain Marvel and uh, Banner. Banner Banner, our, our, who is still um, wearing, he has his arm in a sling, but he's not the Hulk anymore. <laughs> no. He's not Professor Hulk. So. Are, are looking at the at the looking at the rings, and trying to figure out where they're coming from. And all we all they do know is that it's sending a signal, right? And and where to? And and I mean, you know that oh, can't no, be good. No, right? it's not sending it <laughs> no, to a good no. place. <laughs> <laughs> and and 
I don't know. Let the speculation begin as to what Marvel character is going to get that signal. Um, you know, because it could be there's still a lot of candidates. I'm sure that you know Reddit and <laughs> a lot of other places online are already uh, predicting um, or guessing or or saying that they they know exactly where this is leading. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't yet. I do know that the next movie that we get, of course, is Eternals. Um, and that and now I'm like, hyped about it. I'm hyped about it now because of how well this was done. It has made you, me want want to go see that one. Do you think this move? Do you think this move? Because I, I was kind of thinking that um, there are some maybe connections mm, here I that didn't I, I didn't expect to see. Like because yep. I I we don't I don't I know the Eternals in the comics not real well, but I know of them. And uh, what I've seen in the trailer, which aired right before this one, as well as 40 other trailers did. Uh, like, I was like, I sit there going, when's the movie going to start? Because, I'm the, the man, they just showed a ton of trailers. Uh, but I was happy to see this one. And, uh, and yeah, where that one's going, you know, thousands, they've been here thousands of years protecting humanity. They seem to be somewhat space or magic based, you know. It's, um it's gonna be good <laughs> just the the first thor movie kind of implies that magic is only technology that we don't yet know right um i think to your point guys i think magic is magic mm-hmm. now right yeah. i don't think it's just technology we don't know i think it's a, a real thing well i mean i think since wandavision we've been getting that hint with you know chaos magic the fact mm-hmm. that she taps into an energy that even dr strange and the rest can't tap into so there's something there so, I mean, there's, you know, I I think we really are getting into the mystic side of it. And can I say something about that end scene with Brie Larson? That's what I wanted to see from her in Captain Marvel. She That just flippant attitude and just <laughs> some, just funny. And, and, and I mean, she was perfect in that 30 seconds. I mean, I was like, yeah. wow. And I loved how Banner said, I don't have her yes. numbers. She I don't does have this all the time. I don't, I don't have her numbers. She does this all the time. <laughs> And I don't hate uh, Mr. Captain Marvel. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying the fact that yeah. I, was, I thought that was such a better portrayal right there. It was so much fun. What, what I do like about that, too, is it implies that, okay, so Endgame is over. The MCU is continuing. Captain Marvel is going back into space to deal with whatever she needs to deal with. But yet she's not completely disconnected from things on planet Earth. And there is. And even though the Avengers, as we knew them, are not around, there is a group in place and a relationship between these characters in place to protect the planet. Um, and in charge. <laughs> I, I, I saw that as Nick Fury 2.0, Wong, Wong it is. No, Maybe I, so. Maybe so. Uh, well, one but of the I, things that I saw, though, like in one of the reviews or something, meet the newest Avenger, Shang Chi, you know, and it was like, wait a minute, he's not an Avenger yet. Why call him an Avenger? He might not even be an Avenger. There are Marvel characters that are not part of the Avengers. Wait, you, you know, really? No, I mean, that's how it feels, though. It's like everybody has to be an Avenger. Like, you, you're an Avenger now. I am. I, I, I didn't realize this. As far as we know, the Avengers is no more. Right. Um, we, I don't think there's been any... Yeah, there's on, either on the Marvel shows or certainly in the last two Marvel movies that have been established, there is no Avengers. So I think the big question is, are we going to get a new Avengers or are we going team or are we going to get something else? And you're right. Marvel is full of other, you know, the champions, the defenders, the, I don't know, there's a bunch of others, right? Groups that, that it could step up. Um, 
Uh, I don't know offhand if Shang-Chi was in any of those. Uh, I don't know uh, the character well enough to know if he was in any groups like that. I know he uh, was a defender for a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, him and him and Danny partnered for a while, right? If I remember correctly. A little bit, yes. Yeah, for a little while. I mean, I'm not saying forever, just, you know, they were... Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> no mention of Iron Fist in this at all. Um, Which was very like, interesting, especially they had with chances. The, yeah, they had oh, they had a lot of chances. Too. Yeah, Heart of the Dragon. Yep. <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, "Where's Danny?" <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I also think that you know, uh, well, I think that what I was going to say is, Mike, you were mentioning that you know, they, there's speculation that he's Avenger now is because Banner says, "Welcome to the club." Probably. And you think that means welcome to the Avengers Club, but I don't think that's what Banner meant. You're a superhero I, I now, mean, kid. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna <laughs> yeah. this is gonna be your life. Protecting the planet is now, you know, you've got this amazing power. Um, and it looks like, you know, Wong knows a little bit something that uh that uh, Aquafina's character is gonna be significant mm. as well. I think bring her yeah. along. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think otherwise he would have been like, like, leave her behind because it's too dangerous or whatever but katie looks like she's got some uh some possibilities here. I, I don't know if she's a character from the movies uh from the sh- comics or not um any word on that mike do you know um i don't remember her character at all from the the from the comics well i just looked it up and katie uh actually is a character uh called apex in the comics but that, that's um, later so... but that wasn't in the original run i don't think yeah, I don't know when that came about. Um, I know they combined the sister from like five sisters. So I mean, they like took aspects pretty much of yeah. and made her into one character. Because gotcha. I, I know Matt Fraction like almost reinvented the character in the in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got a he got a special thanks. Uh, I noticed um, in the at the end credits, um, and I thought that was interesting. So that makes sense as to why he got that. Um, but uh, but let's talk about. Let's let's talk about. We haven't talked about Shang Chi or his, his sister yet. Um, <laughs> uh, what did you think of uh, the actor that plays Shang Chi? Who's uh, um, oh, you mean Sean? Uh, yeah, please, Sean. Yes, uh, who I believe is pronounced Simu Le- Leo. I think. Um, I think oh, man, I'm really Simu. sorry, Simu Lu. Okay, Simu Lu. Yeah. Um, what I don't. This is the first time I've seen him, Ashley. What did What did you think of his performance as a leading man? I thought he did a great job. I mean, just making this character who has this very fantastical backstory, like his father is literally like a guy who controls these magic rings, but yet he still manages to have him feel relatable. One of my favorite gags in the movie is when it starts, you know, you see Shang-Chi waking up and then he's on the floor doing push-ups, and then you there's this cool music playing and then you see the uh, fancy sports car and you think it's going to be him that's getting out, but it's actually this complete other guy. And he's... Well, you see him biting, buttoning the white t-shirt. Yes, yeah, you think like, it. okay, he's like, his dad's rich and powerful. He's going to be kind of a Tony Stark playboy and he's a guy parking the cars, which I think makes him really relatable that he's just he's trying to have an ordinary life and he wants to have fun with his friend and just kind of run away from this past that he's struggling with so I think he did a really good job 
making the character relatable. I also heard that he trained to do a lot of his own stunts just because the character isn't masked. So he wanted to up that realism. And I feel like that is something that really shows through in the film. And also just seeing the actor's enthusiasm, like I've been watching him on social media, just how excited he is to be a part of the MCU. And I think that's what makes it really special to see these new faces because by the end of the Infinity Saga, like, the MC Marvel is like Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans. They're all used to this. They're a part of this. But it's so cool to see somebody new who's so hyped to be a part of this universe. And it means so much to him. And then again, to see like the representation for the all Asian cast. So I am was really thrilled with this portrayal of the character. And I can't wait to see him again, hopefully in a Shang-Chi sequel. And then in also further team up movies. It's almost like um, like art imitating real life or real life uh, paralleling or art because as his character is lo- getting these powers and learning how to be part of the MCU uh, and be a bigger part of the MCU, so is the actor. Oh, yeah, totally. Right? Um, um, being brought into the MCU and all that goes with that, you know, like now he's going to be doing voices on animated stuff and he'll be doing like voices or whatever for Disney rides and all this kind of, like, this is, this is not just a oh, one-time right, yeah. gig. Like, welcome to the club. <laughs> right. Like, you're going to be on exactly. hundreds of exactly. action figures that kids are playing this, with. This is your life. Yes, exactly. You're going to be on toys. You're going to be the concert. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. So when, you know, at the end, when Banner says, welcome to the club, it's almost like the actor is saying like to the other actor, yeah. like, welcome to the club. Cause this is going to be your life now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost felt Very like cool. the scene in Die Hard. Welcome to the club, gang. You know when he was up there with the gun. <laughs> well, I think with this one, you know, he really lobbied for this part. He wanted this. He wanted this movie. He wanted to be a part of this from the beginning, and I think that's so respectful because he did. He did it right. He's not over the top. He, I think they tell this. They balance the story well. There's not this damsel in distress. His sister is just as good as he is, or better. I mean, uh, it's just it's it's phenomenal, and he brought so much to the role, so much more than I thought. I mean, again, just because you don't know some of these actors. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it, it was like, wow, that's just good. And I love that they embrace the cultural tropes, like, you know, the grandmother, the worried grandmother, the worried mom. And I'm like, that's just thank you. Thank you for just getting it out there and having some fun with it and moving on, you know, not making it the whole movie. Yes. And can I say to, um, thank you, uh, makers of this movie for, uh, not having Sean and Katie be a uh, love it, like a uh, lovers. Yeah, uh, I, I, no. yeah. I don't I think I don't. I think I, don't it, I think it's headed it, that way. I, I don't. Too. I don't know. Their their friendship is they have such a bond as a friend as friends. I don't see it going that way. I think I like I like the fact that Aquafina Katie was playing was a was a role that's usually like like the 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 like the. Uh, pardon me but the, like the fat white guy who who accompanies the you know he's hero. Ned. Ned yeah he's like, he's like he's like he's the guy that was like he's, yeah. as you said as one of you pointed out he's the goofy he's our eyes he's our eyes into this world but also uh, she's in our eyes into this world but also she like does this the comic the comedic things right um she doesn't have any as far as we know she doesn't have any skills yet but much like um you know uh, Peter's friend in the Spider-Man movie, instead of it being two guys, 
it, it's a guy and a girl. And I, I, I love that. And I hope that there is nothing uh, that happens between them because I, I, all the connections that I saw with them in this movie just seemed like they were just really good friends. Uh, I didn't get any spark of, of romantic chemistry, but maybe you guys did. So I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I, I kind of hope it doesn't. I like the idea that, that it's this, this film is saying men and women like can be friends. Open-ended. I like that it's open-ended. I like the fact yes. that it's on our throats. If they end up together, great. If they don't end up together, fine. As long as you didn't force it on us right then. You didn't have to worry. He wasn't saving his girlfriend. He's saving his best friend. And I, I think I think it leads somewhere because I thought the chemistry at the end was pretty tight between the two, especially the way they were looking into each other's eyes. So, Okay. Um, and uh, I, I also uh, appreciated um, his performance as well. And I like the idea that his character, as you pointed out, Ashley, is one that's running away. Uh, you know, he doesn't mm-hmm. want to call attention to himself. He, yes, he could be something more than a, than a, a valet, but he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to call attention to himself. He just wants to hang out. And I think, you know, the betrayal that Aquafina's character that Katie feels is because she doesn't have or how she feels. She doesn't have any other options. She's just out there trying to figure out what her purpose in life is. Whereas he knows his purpose. He's just trying to avoid it. He's and they're, trying they're to they're run away to, from it, basically. Right. Yeah. They're going through different things and yet they're kind of in a similar place. And, and I, I like that dynamic between them. Uh, Mike, any, any comments about the, uh, the main man? I liked him. I thought he fit the role perfectly, especially the more modern version of the character from the comics. And I thought even his outfit he got at the end when he was going into the final battle was almost right from the comic book and which made it really awesome. And, you know, I'm hoping, you know, to see more of him, I'm glad that he wants to do more of Marvel movies and that it's just not a one and done. Like, and so I'm looking forward to seeing where this mythos goes. I'm already looking forward to seeing what happens with the 10 rings. They've already said the 10 rings will return. So. Yeah, they, they did promise that. So uh, whether that means like on a grander scale or to Ashley's point, we get into the Shang-Chi movie, which I'm with you. I hope so. Um, uh, I, cause I, at first, well, during the movie, at one point I did say, I did ask myself, I'm like, well, oh, I don't know if this movie is really about the 10 rings. I wonder where the title comes. And then the third act, I was like, oh, the 10 rings are really coming into play here. So I get it. <laughs> and then, and then of course the 10 rings are going to be more significant going forward. Right. I mean, after they analyze them at the end, it's, it's obvious that yes, the 10 rings are are a key to something that's going to happen um, in, in the, in the MCU. And it probably is not going to be good. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Um, I cannot do this review or say anything more about this movie, unless I say how amazing Michelle Yeoh continues to be. Um, she, oh, I uh, love her and everything she does. You know? Everything she does. She is uh, an amazing actress, but also I got to admit, you know, when she's playing these characters where she can kick some ass uh, and she looks, I mean, she can back it up. She doesn't just look them. I mean, she, <laughs> there are fight sequences with her. Um, you know, I've seen enough of those fights that of enough of her movies to know that she's the real deal. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe she's the one that convinced like way back in the day that Jackie Chan, like who thought that women didn't have any business being 
you know, in these kind of movies. She was, yeah, she beat the crap out of him, and and and, and, he, and, and yeah, and and he learned different. Um, and 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 she, but she does so. She does it with such elegance and class. Um, I love seeing her. I, I I almost forgot she was in it until she popped up, and I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, anything else you want to mention about the movie, Ashley? Um, I really liked um, everything about the magical world. Was it Talo? Talo. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really liked the concept of the dragon scales, both the armor and the weapons being the only things that could kind of fight these creatures from the dark gate. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how maybe some of that dark gate, like the other dimensional creatures, if that comes up again in future MCU movies, as we continue to play with the concept of multiverse and other dimensions and some of those barriers being breached. I mean, especially after Loki, like literally blew up the entire timeline. If we're going to see other things (laughs) like leaking between dimensions and just what uh, cool possibilities that opened up and I'm excited to see what the sister does with the 10 rings. Like, I think she has an opportunity here. Is she going to take this organization and make it like a, that it's going to do good in the world, or is she going to kind of get tempted by the dark side, like her father, and she's going to use this to take control and build this into an army where she can kind of terrorize other groups of people so it will be really interesting to see and again i really hope we get that sequel i would like to see her kind of struggle with that war within herself of whether she wants to build this empire for good or whether she kind of gets obsessed with power like her father did yes thank you for mentioning uh we didn't get a chance to really go into detail about uh Ling, but uh uh where she's left at the end uh, yes, that is going to be impressive. Like, are, are interesting to see where that goes, especially now that we know that I okay, wasn't so surprised have... by it by it all, though. No, no but no. but I mean, so you know, looking at the other things that we've recently seen in the MCU, we know we have uh, uh, the group of uh, Wakanda fighters, right? The Majadori, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That right? Um, and then a bunch of Black Widows running around. And now we've got this force. I'm like, man, if something does attack, uh, we've got a bunch of at least <laughs> women <laughs> fighters that are ready to go yeah. and take it out. <laughs> Watch <laughs> out, <laughs> alien invaders. I mean, really. And, and that was a nice touch, too, to see that she was training, uh, continuing to train, have an army and train them. But it also included women. Yeah. Was that some of the, Okay. Uh, did anyone else think there was some of the widows there? It could be. I don't. She did have one fighting for her. Yeah. So it, it's not there. out of. Yeah. yeah. It's not out of possibility that she couldn't have the, some of the other widows there with her. Yep. So. No. Okay. Um, go ahead. Sorry. No. It's just. Um, the, I hope Marvel has finally looked at this and went, "Okay, this is how you do an origin story," because it didn't copy um, Black Panther, but it did have that same kind of build, third act, awesome, sympathetic villain. You know, misunderstood, you know, sibling rivalry, all these different aspects of what makes a good origin story. Unlike you're just copy and paste, good guy, bad guy ending, you know, get, you know, good guy, bad guy have the same powers, whatever. I thought this was, again, like Black Panther, the, one of the better origin stories. Like here, here it is. And open, you know, you talked about it, open universe. There's so much of this. I want to go, I, I, if I'm Kevin Feige, I'm going, you know, I'd like to be in charge of making every one of the Disney movies too, because this is like a redo for Mulan. 
we got it right. You know, <laughs> and, and it was just, again, on such a grander scale that you can do grandiose and mystic and fun and make it all entertaining and not have to overly serious and complicated. I am. I am really curious as to uh, know a little bit more about where Talo is. Yes. Uh, yes. We know it's in another dimension, but what does that mean? Like, you know, like uh, there's so many questions with that. It's just not we know it's not on Earth. No. Um, so nope. where is it? And, you know, what, what, what implications does that have? Uh, cause they definitely made it, made it clear that they were going into another dimension in order to get there. Um, so that was pretty cr- fun. And what a, what a cool like, idea, just the, the trees, you know, like, oh, the trees were a a such simple, an awesome effect. Simple, a good concept, yeah. simple concept, you know, just have like, you know, they have to get through this forest of bamboo trees, but you're like, how difficult can that be? It's like, no, that's pretty difficult. 19% chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He said 90 <laughs> 19, 19. And, and i love uh, uh katie's response is just like eh, i've you know i've done uh, i've been worse I've done, yeah, yeah i've done worse I've, I've had worse odds yeah you know also and, build a bear i need i need them to get on uh creating oh some plushes of all these creatures <laughs> like i need a morris of my very own my, my, oh, little, yeah. girl, my, my, my little girl went pokemon I mean, she's like, gotta catch them all. I mean, she was, I mean, I, I mean, I know more and she knows more. Of course, she was just having fun. It was just, it was something for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just had something for everyone. Mike, uh, any uh, last thing you want to bring up about the movie? Oof, um, that's, wow. Um, yeah. I loved all the little bits. I loved the mythical creatures that were in this, you know, we haven't even touched on them. And they were all awesome. Everything from the big lions to the little pig turkey thing. And it was just awesome. I loved every part of this movie. It was I was just sitting there loving it just from the very opening scene all the way to the final. And it was just it was just great. And I, I, Mike, I thought I thought the great protector uh creature was great, but I gotta tell you and I, I think you could, you're probably one of the few on this uh, that will get this too. But I swear to God, I, I was really hoping the Dweller in Darkness would be Fing Fang Foom. Oh, I, I was really too. So I was like, well, yeah, it came out, I'm like, yeah. is it? And I'm like, I couldn't really get a good look at it. I'm like, is it? And I'm like, no, no I don't think it it's him. And I'm like, damn, Mike. I know. I thought that also. <laughs> and well, there's rumor ish that that signal was signaling to Fing Fang Foom basically it's possible i mean because in the comics he had ties to the mandarin yeah i mean it's it's possible uh i think at some point we are going to see fang fang film and i don't you know maybe good for them for not putting that out there so so early no uh but damn i'm like well i i think we should all feel confident though with them being able to do what they the special effects wise what they've done with great protector and dwell in darkness that when they do choose to do fang fang foom it's going to be freaking amazing yeah and like everything they do and what's what scares (laughs) me and fascinates me too is how are they going to use the rings from here out on out and does he use them yeah Yeah, i mean yeah because and i loved how they went from when they were with the father Mm -hmm. they were all blue and then when they were with shang chi they turned yellow or golden and, yeah. you know, that represented the difference between the night and the sun. 
if you think about I, it, the darkness and and using it for good. And that was one of the cool things about it. And I, if you noticed when the, the father was about battling the mother in the very thing, when she like put him into the circle type thing, they turned golden when, and then she threw him back to him and tossed them at him and they turned blue again, which was yeah. really interesting. Yeah. I mean, he was the darkness. She's the light. And uh, you know, as long as Shang-Chi's using them for good, I guess they'll be golden. Um, if he starts, you know, going on a killing spree, uh, I guess they'll turn blue. I don't know. Uh, hope we don't find out. But, um, and I'm really curious about that too. I, I know, I think it's established too. He's not going to be wearing them all the time. Uh, you know, uh, I like the way Wong asked him, like, you have the rings with you, right? Like, like, yeah, he's not going to wear them all the time because he knows, you know. That, There's a Tony that, Stark suit moment. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That path yeah. leads to, you know, corruption like his father. So, um, you know, it's just so good. There's, I, I, You guys said you watched it twice. I can't wait to watch it again and catch all these other things that I didn't catch. Uh, because just on one viewing, there's just so much to this movie. It's so rich. It's so rich with stories and characters and little Easter eggs and, and all of that. So, uh, so I'm sure we'll be talking more about this movie as we continue on with the MCU. And we don't have long to wait, uh, because the next up is the Eternals. November. That's what, yeah, in in a little over a month. So remember the days uh, when we had to wait almost a year and a half for a Marvel movie? (laughs) Well, they are queued up a little bit. So I think we, we can't get used to this, uh, frequency, right? But, uh, anyway, so. Thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us once again to talk all about this movie. And uh, we will be right back to close out the show. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the Rick and Morty Season 5 finale. So the Season 5 finale of Rick and Morty was a two-episode, hour-long story where Rick decides to get new sidekicks, and Morty meets a new friend named Kyle. Well, he thought he was his friend. Morty ends up realizing he likes adventuring with his grandpa, but Rick seems to really enjoy his adventures with his two new crows now. The next episode starts out with an amazing anime-themed opening and gives off very strong Vampire Hunter D vibes in the look of it all. Morty is trying to get his grandpa to come back, while Rick says he's happy traveling with his two crows. Rick later finds out that he was a rebound for the two crows and runs back to adventure with Morty. This is where stuff starts to get real. They head to the Citadel of Rick's and are confronted by President Morty, who we all know is Evil Morty. Evil Morty has decided he wants to live in a world without a Rick and has a machine to do that. This entire ending is crazy, and I really suggest just watching the episodes if you haven't seen them yet, because they pull a full Lucifer for those who have read the Lucifer comics, and it's just really crazy and leaves you wondering what they're going to do next. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Welcome to Dr. Geek's laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. 
Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our great guests for being here tonight. Will, you were awesome tonight. Wonderful, I would say. <laughs> Why, thank you very much, Mike. I try to impress. And you didn't even make a joke about anyone, everyone was kung fu fighting, which was awesome. I, I was leaving that for you, brother. Oh, no, no. That's when I would have fully expected from you, my friend. <laughs> you know, thank, by, by the way, thank God they didn't do that. Like, because every, like, American kung fu movie wants to put that in there just to be like, hey, remember that? It's like, just, just we don't, don't need it. Yeah. I was yeah, almost, that, that, I was, that, I was almost fully needs- expecting it during the bus scene. You know, yes. I, I love that song, but don't, don't ever use it again in a movie. No, 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 no. But thank you, Will. I do appreciate you being here. You're always a great friend to talk to, my friend. As I always like to say, I always enjoy it. Thanks for you guys for having me on. As always. Um, anything you want to shout out about or promote? Um, I keep an eye out me for the 42 cast. Keep an eye out for me here. I'm podcasting and just doing it and having some fun guys. Thanks for the nerd talk. Cause I didn't get to see dragon con. No, we actually got to talk to your friend Tyra over the weekend. You did. You did. And, uh, if life hadn't been so hectic, we'd be recording more. So. Oh, exactly. And you know what? Life is hectic right now. Mm-hmm. You have a screaming one at home <laughs> and then you also have a baby. So it's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. Just me screaming. I mean, she's, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, you'll you'll do it. Yep. I have good good faith in that. Good faith. Well, of course, the lovely Ashley Pauls. Thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. It is always a pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about and promote? Yeah. Um, it reminded me, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but the movie Crazy Rich Asians, I highly recommend. Oh, there are a number yes. of cast members from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings who also appeared there. It's a great romantic comedy with some really more in-depth family drama and some nice themes and moments about relationships with some great comedy and uh, Aquafina is great in that as well so definitely check that out I believe it's on HBO Max you can stream it awesomeness that is really cool and it is well worth watching it's on our list to see and you know this is if this is a you know preview of what rich crazy rich asians is and everyone has always raved about it i'm looking forward to it so it should be fun but not as much kung fu fighting i'm sure um not quite most of the drama is I mean, like verbal that happens but some some verbal kung fu fighting. yes yeah, some verbal kung fu some pretty intense moments i would say michelle yo yeah her meanest by far Oh, yeah. She's still very intimidating. Like, she doesn't punch anybody, but she, she has some cutting remarks. <laughs> look. Oh, worse than she was on Star Trek? Wow. Arguable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Well, this should be very interesting then. And, of course, Mr. Michael Gordon, thank you as always, my friend. And as always, it's my pleasure. We made it through. God, this is what our 10th Dragon Con together. Uh, or- yeah. Wow. This was our 10th Dragon Con. Yes. And so this is pretty amazing, my friend. I'm glad we made it through with one piece and no worse for the will right now. So it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, probably long-time listeners can tell that we're a little bit, uh, if we seem to be slightly off our game tonight, it's because, yeah, we're still in recovery. Oh, it'll be a week or two still, folks. (laughs) And I didn't even have apple pie. God. I know, right? (laughs) Um, I do want to shout out, uh, if I could just take a moment, uh, as we're recording this, uh, there are 10 days left. And as most people listen to this, there's just about a week left of my uh, Kickstarter for the 10-year uh, 10 Tiki-versary of Tiki Zombie. Uh, please check it out if you get a chance and uh, support it as much as you can. Look, if, uh, uh, you know, if you, can, if you, you want to buy something, that's cool. I appreciate that. If you just share it, um, I, I really appreciate that as well. Uh, I appreciate all 35 supporters that uh, we have currently, as well as uh, everybody who's been uh, very supportive. Met some of the the backers at DragonCon, too, and that was really fun to talk to them in person and thank them big time. So so we're going to knock it out. It's a week left, and, and guess what? Um, probably after this week, you won't have to listen to me beg about it anymore. So <laughs> So that's a good thing all around. That is awesome. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of rewards you're going to be giving out for, you know, your bonuses and such. And, dude, I am so proud that you already hit your goal. And let's let's push it further, folks. This man needs it. This man deserves it. Tiki Zombie is an incredible story, and it's a great tale. And you know what? It's well worth it. That's the Mike Faber sign of approval. Thank you. And that's worth as much as, you know, what the people get in the geek seat. So it's okay. <laughs> so there you go. Speaking of that, I want to actually give a great shout out. Judy and I actually took a break from the con on Friday night, and we actually got to go see Hamilton. Nice. And it was awesome. We had seen the Disney Plus, you know, telling of it and with the original Broadway cast and fell in love with it then. But we had bought the tickets actually way before that. And just with, because of COVID and stuff, it had been canceled three times already. And then finally they gave us the schedule and it said, Oh, you've been scheduled for September 3rd. And I was like, Oh great. We're finally going to get to see it. Judy tapped me on the shoulder and was like, "Hun, isn't that the first Friday of dragon con? And it was like, Oh, God. But luckily, we were already downtown, and it was really close, and it wasn't hard to get to. It was easy to be able to go see, and to get to see it live was just spectacular. The energy, the feeling, and just there's so many layers you miss even seeing it on TV, and it was just, I want to go see it again. If I get a chance. So fingers crossed, maybe someday I will. And the music, everything else was just like fantastic. So, you know, if you ever get a chance to see, you know, the, the movie on Disney Plus, or if you get a chance to see it live on Broadway or the traveling show, please, it, these people put their hearts into it. And I couldn't really tell the difference except for, you know, knowing what the cast looked like from Disney Plus. Otherwise, it was a great story and everything. So it was cool. I'll be seeing it in a few weeks myself. So I will be enjoying it as well, I hope. I hope you do. You will. You shall enjoy. So that is going to wrap up the episode for tonight. Thank you for everyone we did see at DragonCon. I'm sure, you know, 
we had, didn't really even say thank you. We saw so and so and so and so and so and so and so. Too many so. people. Way too many. It sounded like romper room or something yeah, like that. Just, just all forty. Ashley, that was 42. a that was a children's show back in the nineteen sixties <laughs> and seventies. Thank so you. I just we just had to let you know that. <laughs> I appreciate that. So we definitely, you know, want to thank everybody for being who we got to see and everything. But we will be back again next week, and we are actually sticking with the comic theme a little bit. We are looking at the Doom Patrol, and it is going to be a lot of fun. Season three is coming up, and you know, it always it's going to be fun to talk about the first two seasons, some of the comics, and just the history of some of the weirdest heroes you have ever met. And you know what? It's going to be very interesting, maybe even mind-blowing in some cases. It should be a lot of cool stuff. But as always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We're powered by NSC. You can find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now Amazon Music. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. And remember, when you do tell your friends about us, please leave reviews for us. That's how people find us, especially on Apple. And, you know, if you get a chance, five stars. That's the best way. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Faber, Mr. Will Nix, Mike Gordon, Ashley Pauls, thanks again for listening. We will see you here next time on Earth Station One. Stay safe. Hug your loved ones. Please get vaccinated, folks, if you haven't yet. It's so easy to do, and it, it's almost painless. We will talk to you soon. Peace, and we are done. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.